Welcome to today's Creation Today show. I'm so excited you're joining me. My name is Eric Hovind. I'm the president of Creation Today. My guest today is none other than Mike Riddle. He's the president of the Creation Training Initiative, trying to encourage people to understand the importance of education, not just in school and at home, but in the church as well, because those are the foundations that live, that, that, that we have for all of society, for our culture at large. So it's incredibly, incredibly important. Mike, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Eric. Privilege to be here. You have quite the career history, don't you? Are you saying I'm really old? <laughs> well, I, I guess that's one way of putting it. So yes, and okay. yes, I'm saying it's pretty amazing what God has allowed you to do. Can you walk us through some of your military, Microsoft, creation, teaching? Can you walk us through the overview of some of the things that you've gotten to, to, to do and accomplish in your life? Should I start with watching dinosaurs run around? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. I do have an interesting career. I was uh, spent uh, some time in the United States Marine Corps, six years there. I was a captain of the Marine Corps, did some training in the Marine Corps, did some teaching of some weapons and tactics, and um, also shooting how to shoot down airplanes with missiles and blow things up, all those kind of good things in life. <laughs> The good things in life, baby, yes. But it was a good career. I enjoyed my six years there. Enjoyed that. Uh, I always tell people I enjoyed it. Uh, we had the best uniforms and the best song. <laughs> but, uh, I know other people would disagree, but uh, we're, we're, I like them all. Then um, I was also, I've taught in schools. I've taught junior high, high school, public schools. I've taught uh, college and graduate levels all the way up and down. I've had a Career in computers also, some of that coincided when I was in the Marines. I started computers where most people were born. I started in 1967. Yeah, before I was born, and I didn't have a, a clue what a computer was. So I was like, you know, I guess my neighbor got one when I was in about seventh grade. So that would have been around 1990 is when yes, I started figuring out. I started a long time ago with uh, binary programming. That's what we did. Wow. But then uh, got out of it for a little bit, then got back in and um, worked with them. Um, an old company called, uh, they call them U.S. Sprint today. Uh, it was, they had an older name back then. And then I uh, was more in charge of their worldwide training. All the engineers and sales and technical people, mostly. I was in charge of all that worldwide training, taught a lot of courses for them. Then I was also at Microsoft. Uh, I was in charge of their worldwide engineer and technical training and taught a lot of courses there and worked with a lot of people in education fields writing manuals and techniques for, we actually came up with some techniques for helping people retain information longer. And it worked, we were very successful with that. Uh, people came to our courses were the ones getting all the pay raises and promotions. And we had waiting lists for five years to get into our courses for wow. Microsoft. <clears throat> so we did th done things like that. Taught at the Northwest Graduate School of Ministry. That's people getting their doctorates in ministry, taught there. And I've taught in lots of Sunday schools, places like that. And uh, so I've done a lot of teaching. And uh, there's been other teachings I've done for other organizations, ran worldwide organizations. And our ministry we have today, the whole purpose of our ministry is to train others how to speak and teach. There's and that's what I love. 
I, I, that's what I love about you is you're going, you're trying to take this information, pass it on to others and replicate what you are doing, not just add, but multiply. That's why I love what you're doing with Creation Training Initiative. It's really amazing. Why we don't need to be a big ministry personnel-wise. If we get to five, six, seven, eight people, we're not doing our job. Our job is stay small and train others. That's what we do. Cool. And we have some good, um, we got a good method for doing it. And it's not easy. We, we make sure we have quality control in there. A lot of quality control. We put you through some rigorous training sessions and we do some one-on-one -on -one coaching. And uh, it is a coaching. We just come together for three three days or so and just learn how to do it better and better and better. So I enjoy doing that because I've got a lot of coaching. Yeah, I've got a history in coaching track and field. Um, that was another side too because there's some things that happen in the athletic field that are better educationally than happen in the classroom usually. It's a, it's a higher form of learning a lot of times. So and your that, whole life, you have done education, and training, uh, mental, physical, spiritual, all areas of life, and put up with a whole lot of people. I mean, wow, that's that's a lot of people to put up with, with that much educating that you spent your entire life doing, and you're still doing it. H how are you still putting up with people after all this time? I mean, well, You know wow. what, Erica, we travel a lot, and there's a lot of horrible things going on in this country, but we get to see the good things. And that's a blessing God's given us. We get to see good people and good things happening everywhere. And that's so encouraging. People out there in little churches and farmlands fighting the good fight, not compromising, but teaching good, strong doctrine. We get to see that. And that's I so encouraging. It. I love it. Well, you've got a course coming up later this year. Uh, well, actually, you do these on the regular, but I, I'm going to get to hang out with you for a week to do a week of training with you. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot. I'm sure, I, apparently, from what I understand, I'm going to have to do some push-ups. So I'm, I've started early working on my push-up routine because you, you actually make people do push-ups in your classes? Yes, we do. We have a push-up box. It's outlined in red masking tape. How Don't does that help people remember stuff? Oh, fear does a lot. Fear's <laughs> a great way to teach <laughs> be surprised how much you remember. We don't make everybody do push-ups, but just don't be late for class. Oh, yes, we and uh, it's it's uh, some people just want to do them to make sure they know how to do them correctly, but that's a marine thing. That's I don't know if anybody else does that in creation field, but we like push ups, that's how we get our fun watching people do push ups. <laughs> get your right. kids, we have the class, <clears throat> and we have the class record. It's a five day class we were talking about, it's called our Creation Apologetics Training College. It's five days long. This is not a fluff class, we don't do fluff in there. You're in class at 8.30 in the morning, and we don't finish until 8.30 in the evening. And we don't sit around tables asking about opinions. We keep the intensity level up the whole time. We have lunch breaks. We have a dinner break. But after dinner, you come back to class. So you're scaring off, scaring off all the lazy people just by telling them what you're going to do for that week, right? Yes, we get some of the best people out there on this. It's an opportunity. 50 people is all we take from around the country, college age and above, 50. And you're with 50 other like-minded believers in God's creation and apologetics. And it's wonderful, the discussions that go on. But you, don't, you just don't come and listen. We don't do that. You've got to do five, two five-minute presentations. And don't attempt to do five minutes in one second. I have a stopwatch there. One second over is a point off your grade. <laughs> no, this is intense. 
Then You're you do still a, a Marine, man. You are still a Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Oh, my God. You goodness. are absolutely correct. I had a pastor introduce me in a church as an ex-Marine once. You know what he was doing next? Push-ups. Push-ups. <laughs> we have a lot I'll of fun. i up with that. We have a lot of fun. Then you do a defense presentation and give you a list of uh, challenges, and you have to answer three of them. Then you have to do a written final exam. Now, this will be our seventh year to do this one. We can only do it once a year because it costs us a lot of money to put this on. You know what our success rate is? Right at 100%. I don't tolerate failure. We educate for success. We use all these methods I've learned in all my years, decades, not quite centuries yet, but decades. (laughs) Employ them here because we want success. We want everybody to be successful. We've had people... As to say, it's different than no child left behind. You're not lowering the standard. You're saying, no, no I will get you up to this standard. You can That's do right. It. We put our standards high. Just the way I do in coaching, we put standards high and we get you to achieve it. And uh, you'd be surprised what your body can do. And you'd be surprised what you can do mentally. We've had people who've never spoken in front of anybody before in their life. Now we have a whole chapter in there on communication and teaching skills. We wow. give you some ideas and then we coach you. And these people have come through and passed this course. I'm hoping I pass your course, buddy. That's what I'm hoping. I'm like, all right, this is going to be fun. We will lower our standards a little bit. A lot of little fuzzy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Are you going to, are you going to Marine Corps? Is the Marine and you going to make me shave this before I come uh, take your course and teach? No, uh, we'll just call you the Navy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, I've got, um, I've, I've got some questions I have for you about where you think we're at today in, in culture, where you think we're at today in the church. How are we doing your, your history and education? How are we doing educating uh, in schools, at home, in the church? I want to go into that. Uh, but before I do, if people want to want to sign up and come to your creation training, you're just at, is it, is it creationtraining.org, if I remember right, creationtraining.org? That's it. That's our website. Now, on our homepage, you'll see a big box there that says, Talks about the creation apologetics training college. Click on that, and it'll give you a whole detailed outline and how to register and how to contact me for more information. They can call me directly. I give my cell phone away if they want that, or they can do the email. There's the email. So they can get a hold of me directly and ask any question they want about this. That's beautiful. So so creation, creationtraining.org is where you're going to want to go to learn more yes. about this. Uh, and this one is taking place, uh, this five-day course, that this will be the first time that I get to, you're going to let me teach like six of your chapters, right? Yes, there's 20 I chapters can't. plus a final exam. And then there's some uh, Q&A sessions where we have discussions. We go through some of the top discussion questions you can have in Christianity, such as distant starlight. But you know what we show? We show you don't have to be a scientist to answer that question. Wow. We show a lot of presuppositional apologists how to start and use the Bible and put the other side on the defense. That's what we show. In other words, we model the way Jesus taught, not the way the world does. That's where I get a lot of my training experience. I have a book here called The Training of the Twelve. It's how did Jesus choose his twelve and how did he train them? And we train people on leadership capabilities. Uh, That's one of the things you learn in the Marine Corps, how to be a leader. You're not going to make it. So we train you on some of those issues. So in other words, I have three things of, of a teacher when you're up there teaching. Number one, I look for command presence. And there's bullet points under each one of these. Command presence, I look for leadership, and then how well you can engage an audience or a student group there. In other words, we don't want people standing behind podiums droning on. We don't allow that. 
You're going to engage that audience. And we train you how to do that, how to even get the introvert involved in a class without ever embarrassing them. So we train on all those techniques in here. You're telling me what you're going to train them to do. And that's what went, my mind went right to. What about the, the introvert is sitting there going, you ain't going to train me to engage an audience, baby. No, thank you. <laughs> well, you know what, Eric? Know why I can do that? Because I'm an introvert. I'm so introverted. I only failed one course in college, speech. I could not speak in front of anybody. I was so introverted. The day I became a Christian, age 30, almost instantly, I was able to stand up and speak. I'm still an introvert, take some energy, but I've learned all these things, how to get that introvert involved. And because I would know answers to questions, especially mathematics, that was my degrees. And I would never raise my hand, I was so introverted. Even so, with the answers. Even with the answers, I wouldn't do it. So I understand those principles. So we get everybody involved, and never embarrass anybody. That's awesome. Well, this is gonna be a great five-day course. I hope you uh, will, uh, check it out. And I'd love for you to join myself and Mike. And then we got uh, Dr. Anthony, Anthony Silvestro as well is going to be one of the teachers there. And I'm telling you, it's what I've been hearing about it for a couple of years. I've been hearing the testimonies of people that have been there. And this sounds absolutely amazing. And I'm just, thank you for using your life to uh, not only learn and grow, but help others lead. And that really is uh, what we need. We need to raise up a bunch of individuals that can continue to lead. Because uh, yeah, so. a lot of people are in leadership positions, but they have no leadership skills. Wow. That's what we want to give you. But I want to add one more piece about that course. You might yeah. think it costs a lot. It's $970 to attend that course. Now, what does that cover? That covers the five days of training, about a 380-page manual, five nights of lodging in a nice hotel-type room, which is on the campus, and 15 meals, three meals a day. Wow. That's, that's so we have to supplement that cost by about um we've supplemented quite a bit of the cost. So you guys are paying a lot of their cost to actually be there for the meals hotels. They're paying some. So it's it's like it's a partnership. You're really trying to partner with people that want to lead and yes. want to grow. See, wow. we have to raise twenty thousand dollars every year just to break even. We don't wow. we don't get anything. I've never taken a salary. But uh, they get all of that. And um what we're asking is the churches put up some of this money because they're going to get a good product back in their church. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Churches, they can go. Do that. churches, if they're really serious about training, which most aren't, unfortunately, we're going to talk about that one too, is they need to invest in people. If you've got Sunday school teachers, you need to invest in your Sunday school teachers. Just don't throw people in there. Just because they have a degree in teaching doesn't mean they're a good Sunday school teacher. I'll, point, I'll talk about that one too. There's a big difference when you're in Sunday school. And when you're teaching in a regular classroom, there's some differences in there. Wow. Um, we we well, get into all those things in education. So go to creationtraining.org and then go to your pastor and say, hey, would, would the church help me? I want to go do this. I want to invest in our church with this. What a, what a, great, what a great way to partner with churches. Because yeah, they uh, get a product back. And we've had people come back two, three, and four times to this course because they've never seen anything quite like this. They're taking, this is their time off sometimes, but it is intense. But you'll see 50 people bond together for everybody's success. It's, it's phenomenal what happens in there. Well, like I, say, I am, no fluff time. I am looking forward to it. I really am. And I really have been working out, getting ready for it. So uh, I'm, 
I'm hoping I can, uh, I'm, I'm not quite at Mike Riddle level of workout, but you know, maybe by, is this one, this one's in August. Is that correct? August? August 1st through the 6th at Ridgecrest, okay. North Carolina. It's, it's, oh. it's a Christian conference center. So you don't have That's to worry about That's a beautiful TV. place. That pl- I've been right there. That place Nashville, is gorgeous. North Carolina. Yeah. Wow. All it's, right. it's a wonderful place. You've seen a lot. You've heard a lot. You've taught a lot. You've been around the block several times. No, almost once. Oh. <laughs> making more claims than that. How, how, how are we doing? How's our culture doing? How's our churches doing? Give me, I just want you to kind of share your perspective and your advice on church, education, um, uh, where we're at in culture, what we need to be doing. You think in terms of strategy because of your military background. So you, yes. you're always thinking in strategy. How do we accomplish? How do we, you, you know, we're going to fight all the way, you know, losing is not an option. So what's the strategy? So give us an update of where you think we're at. And then, and then what, what's the strategy moving forward? Well, I've got, I'll start with some bad news here. Uh oh. The world is by far out educating the church. We are by far being out. They're more serious about what they believe. They do education more, much better than what the church is doing. We just haven't got serious about it. So when I have a whole talk I do on, on just this. It's, it's called Preparing Youth for the Battlefield. It's really a briefing. It starts off with something like, uh, what's, our, what's our mission? Most churches don't even know their mission. Just go out and look at the mission statement of churches. You see, most of them don't even have the proper mission there. And the ones that do aren't sure how to carry it out. Then I, then I go through, what's our current situation? Then the last part is, how are we going to execute this mission for nothing less than victory? We don't solve, we don't want anything less than victory. But the world's out educating us. And this becomes apparent, especially with our youth, when we see over 60% of them leaving the church. Now they're saying they're not even coming back. That's been going on for decades here. There's a problem there. And uh, the, the, one of the least, least, latest studies shows if you measure the last several decades of youth, like going back to the boomers, which is my group there, about 10%, they said, had a biblical worldview. And we need to define what that is, too. The Gen X, about 7% had a biblical worldview. The millennials, about 6%. And the Gen Z, about 4%. In other words, that arrow is going down with each new generation. Less and less have a biblical worldview. What that tells us is what we're doing is not working. It's simply not working. We're not even maintaining. So we've got to do something about that. Then you look at the reasons why youth are leaving the church. And... I went out and looked at a lot of studies, and and they all had some general things in there. Now I'm going some of the main ones were Christianity is shallow and it's too exclusive. I don't mind the exclusive. We are Jesus is the only way. There's no other way. There's yeah. nobody else. You put your life in anybody else, you're going straight to the default, which is called hell. It's only Jesus Christ and through Him alone. Church, there's but shallow. What? That's because preaching in the church. Sunday schools, oh, I'll get on that topic, Sunday school too. A church appears to be anti-science. There's no call for that. We own all the science. God created it all. Learning about evolution in college, our youth are not prepared for what they get hit with in college. That's a shame. That shows something wrong with our youth groups and churches. And I want to make sure I point this one thing clear, clearly out. The number one teacher in a child's life is in the home, parents. Oh. That's not being done. We have a solution for all of these. 
We've got a whole new program we're coming up with. Lack of specific or scientific evidence for God. There's no reason for that. Uh, college is a hostile environment towards Christianity, the, the teaching of moral relativism. There are no absolutes. What's true for you is not true for me. You know what else we found out? A lot of these youth leaving the church, they're not saved. Yeah. That's another big one. We're finding out that some really aren't saved at this point. What's happening in our youth groups? Well, I've actually, I'll start with, I've actually seen a few good youth pastors. I've seen that really do some teaching. But when I get with youth pastors, I like to ask one question. I've only had less than a handful answer it correctly. One question I'm going to ask you is this, as a youth pastor. You have your youth for one year. At the end of that one year, what would you want them to know or be able to do? That's a good question because that gets right down to why are you doing what you're doing and and is what you're doing effective? And now you got something that you can measure versus an ethereal, you know, just there's a difference between trying to keep kids out of drugs, alcohol, and sex and saying, no, we're not just trying to keep them from the bad. We're trying to get them to head this direction and head to the good. And the correct answer to that one is know the gospel, believe the gospel, be able to share the gospel, and be able to defend the gospel. You know, junior hires can do that one too. A high school, most people I'm, I'm, go to writing, I'm writing yeah. all this. I'm writing this down because I'm, I'm. First of all, I hope you guys are taking notes out there because I find myself just going, "Okay, I want, I want, I want to get all this. This is really good information. You want them to know the gospel, believe the gospel, be able to share the gospel, and defend the gospel. And defend. That was the other one. Defend. That's the apologetics part. Man, that's what. It, what it, now? That's a mission. That's yes, a great is. mission because now you're not. I think the church for the last quite a while now has been more focused on creating believers, and we're going oh, Our job is to create believers. No, our job is to create disciples. And yes. what you're talking about there, no, believe, share, defend. That's discipleship. That's not just believership. That you know, you hit on the key point there. What is the purpose of Sunday school? And another question I ask people is, what is a win in Sunday school? I ask pastors that question. They don't know how to answer that. What's a win in Sunday school? And it's not having big numbers. The whole purpose of Sunday school, and you just said it, is Matthew 28, 19, and 20, the Great Commission. Make disciples. And disciples is two things. First of all, the disciple of becoming a believer. And secondly, there's a disciple of growing and being like the teacher. Being able to go out there and know the gospel, share the gospel, defend the gospel. That is the whole purpose we have Sunday school. It gives you a lot of room to do things. But I, 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 now I'm going to step on some toes. Matter of fact, I'm going to step on whole bodies in this next thing. <laughs> well, I, before you go there, I'm, I'm sitting here going, surely some of you that are watching, uh, you have to go back and ask yourself, is the teaching, is the training, is the education, is the is the is what I'm getting from church, is my time spent there, is it doing this? Is it is it preparing you to go from student to teacher, to be There's a been, disciple? Is it really taking something. you? Yeah, let me add some more onto that. How do you do that? You don't stand up there and just give information and have a little interaction. What you do is you have to teach less topics and make sure the people become doers of the word, 
In other words, you have to engage your audience where they can verbally respond to this. What I do, I don't like role plays a whole lot because they get too artificial. But what we do here is we divide into groups of three in, in the class. And one person will be the believer, one person the non-believer, the other person the observer. And we give them a question. The non-believer, we give them the question to ask. And the believer has to respond to it. The first time through, we give them what to say there, kind of have it written out, kind of an idea of what we just covered. So they respond verbally. And the observer writes, takes some notes, what happened there. Then they switch the role so everybody plays each role. That takes time. But it means when they get done, they can actually use it and do it versus just hearing it. We're going to go beyond the hearing in class. We're going to have some level of accountability. And we have techniques to help you retain the information that are not tests, but they are time. We invented that at Microsoft, a technique for, and the engineers loved it because they knew when they got down our course, they would have it up here and wouldn't have to go back through hundreds of pages of notes and manual pages to figure it out. So we employ those kind of concepts in Sunday school and the five-day class. We show how to do that. But that's what we need to do. We need to produce some disciples, doers of the word. All we're doing in there is some giving information. That's not bad, but it's the lowest form of education. We yes. need to be better than the world. As I was thinking through uh, the beginning of 2022 and just meditating on where I'm at, where the church is at, where the world is at, and thinking of this next year, one of the things I wrote down for myself, I went, you know, I I feel like we need to do, and don't take this wrong, here all the way to the end, I think we need to do less Bible studying and more Bible applying. Yes. Not that we don't study, Mm -hmm. but typically we're not applying what we are studying. So if we're studying all kinds of things and applying nothing, why don't you just study one thing? Study, study, you know, relate your relationship with your wife or your husband or your kids or study that and then apply what God's word says. I mean, the applying part is the important part. The application is what's so critical. So yeah, pretty I'm, I'm, you're pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this. No, I, I, when I teach my college class in Wyoming, um, I, I got a week with the students and yes, we are by the end, we are on an atheist website or on an atheist blog or on my Facebook page and everybody's in groups of three and they are, they are, okay. It's you versus an atheist go. And we set up these conversations where they're having to figure out how to defend their faith. And that's when it gets real to them because otherwise it is all ethereal. It's very, oh, maybe that'll happen one day. Maybe this could come. This makes the rubber hit the road and you go, oh, yeah, I, it's, the, the time is now. The time is right now. We, we've got to do something. You hit some of the, a great thing with application. We teach three parts to, to education. There's the knowledge level. Then there's the application level you were talking about. Then there's the growth. We need to teach them so much that they can continue to grow on their own. Then how do in other words get back to you know what we normally do in Sunday school? We go through a book of the Bible. Why not teach them how to go through a book of the Bible on their own? Teach them all the things to read that book and how to investigate it on their own. We can teach them. I'm going to use a college word here. Is that okay? That sounds great. I'll I'll try to keep up with you. <laughs> we can actually teach sixth graders hermeneutics. Mm. You don't have to teach the whole college course. Just teach them a couple basics like context. What's the purpose of communication? Learn how to look at language. Is it poetry? Is, and make it understand what a Hebrew poetry looks like. It's not hard to get the basics of it. You won't get everything, but you get the basics. Uh, some of those things. Uh, is it, is it um, 
figure of speech. We can train people to look for those words and how to do this. Uh, so those are the, I just go through five things on hermeneutics, which is the study of how to interpret written language or the, how to interpret the Bible. That's what it basically means. And we can teach that to sixth grade and above. We, we teach, we sell our youth out too short. We don't think they can handle the stuff. If I can take an eighth grader and teach them how to take a computer apart, put it back together, they can learn the riches of God's word. It's learn how to teach, learn how to engage and bring people along. We don't accept failing. We want everybody to come along. And uh, it, in that course I talked about uh, getting youth ready for the battlefield, the solution is we go through nine things we need to be teaching our youth. Nine things. And I'll say it with one breath. No, I won't do that. Number <laughs> one is the gospel. We need to teach them the full context of the gospel, which doesn't get taught in most churches. We need to start with Genesis, the bad news. They must understand the bad news, and that is the default. I point that out. If you stop at the bad news, everyone's a sinner. We're in a no-hope situation. You're going straight to hell. That's the default. Now, let's get the good news. You know where the good news starts? Genesis 3.15. Yeah. That's the first part of the gospel right there. And then we go through there. And when you start teaching the gospel that way, right through the whole context of it, it gets exciting. No other religion in the world can match this. Why aren't we excited about the gospel? We need to teach the whole thing. Now you can ask, answer questions like, why did Jesus have to go to the cross and suffer and die? And answer some questions like, why does why do people go to hell? Why does God do that? You start to learn how to answer those questions. But all we try and do is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that's surface-level stuff too much. But we got to get the whole context. We need to do something on biblical worldview training. Hmm. Now, I want to be a little different on biblical worldview. Uh, I have not seen a definition out there of a biblical worldview. That's amazing. We talk about it a lot. I have not seen a valid definition of a biblical worldview anywhere. But I see it. Oh, we're looking through biblical glasses. Well, that opens it up to heretics. There's a definition. We, we went, I went, our team went through and talked to some other pastors, and we come up with a biblical worldview and why we came up with this. See, when we started with trying to figure out what's a valid definition, we started with what's a definition of a definition? How do you clearly define something? And that's the process we went through. We came up with 18 parts to this biblical worldview. And if you're going to be, do anything with us, you have to sign that. As a matter of fact, we're saying if you're going to be position leadership in any church, you should sign on to these 18 articles. That will leave people out that believe in billions of years and destroy the foundation of the gospel. Uh, they're, they're basic biblical doctrines. You shouldn't have a problem with these. And if you do, you shouldn't be teaching in a church or be in a leadership position. Like, there's only one God. The Trinity, the sovereignty of God, the holiness of God, the wisdom of God, the righteousness of God. And it goes on there. Virgin birth, um, the hypostatic union. Jesus was a fully God, fully man. Uh, Jesus led a perfect life. He was without sin. Uh, the physical death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Am I saying anything that's wrong there, a problem? No. Everyone's sinned. Um, there's only one way to heaven. Uh, salvation is by grace alone and not by any of your works. The second coming of Jesus Christ, uh, a little heaven and hell, a worldwide flood covered the entire earth, and then a natural historical interpretation of the first three chapters of Genesis. All those are critical for understanding the Bible. They're basic doctrines, and we narrowed it down to those. Mm -hmm. Now, there's some grace on some of these on the issues here and there, but 
that's what we call our definition domain there. Those are the 18 things that need to be, you have to believe if you're going to teach. And uh, oh, I know. we don't have any criteria for much teaching in Sunday school classes. So we get people teaching wrong doctrines in there. But oh, we're pushing this off you, now as the definition. Some of you watching, I know this is like a fire hose. You're going, oh, I didn't know in education I'm supposed to teach knowledge application and then growth. I didn't know that um, for the kids, for the, for the youth, there are nine things that we need to be focused on. I, this is like drinking out of a fire hose, and I get that. But that's why Mike does what he does. That's why Creation Today does what we do. Because And Mike has done a great job of categorizing, making it where it's now it's now a syllabus. It's now a learning tool. It's, it's, he just does a great job of organizing things like that. Uh, so I really want to encourage you to go to creationtraining.org and check out what he's done. Uh, Mike, I want to keep going through these. And then um, you promised to not just step on toes, but step on full bodies. So I want you to do that too. But before you do, I got to let the people on Facebook and on YouTube go. We're at that time limit. So guys, thanks so much for joining me. I uh, really look forward to having you guys each week engage with these conversations. And I pray to learn. If you want the full conversation, head on over to creationtoday.org, partner with us, and let's con you can continue to learn with Creation Today in partnership so that we are together reaching around the world and reaching people with the gospel and training them just like this. Look forward to seeing you uh, next week on another webinar as we continue to train and educate and equip the body of Christ and challenge the unbelievers. Mm -hmm.